listening to Chugga Talk with Ryan Murphy, a podcast by Pull Across Made Simple. this episode of Chugga Talk, you'll hear a recap from the American Polo Cross Association's AGM. You'll hear from Caitlin James, APA's president, and myself, board member at large. We discuss the programs of the APA, all the exciting things that are happening. I invite other associations to the podcast to share their information as well. At the end of this episode is a great surprise, so look forward to that. Don't miss it. Here on Chugga Talk, the goal is to shrink the pole across world by connecting people together, and most importantly, to provide education by interviewing players from all over the world. So listen closely and enjoy. Hello, Caitlin. Hey, how are you? I'm good. Welcome back to the podcast. We're doing what we did a year ago where we talk about all the stuff that the exciting things that are happening with the American Polo Cross Association, just coming off of our AGM in Charleston, South Carolina, a couple weekends ago. So this is sort of public announcements about everything that's going on. Uh, what We're encouraging feedback. We're encouraging questions. Uh, I do have a voicemail sidebar feedback button on the website, polocrossmadesimple.com. So Caitlin, what makes you think that you're qualified to be in the position that you're in? Oh, gosh. Wow. Uh, I already won the election, Ryan. <laughs> um, no, I'm just curious. <laughs> what attributes do you think make you a good president? I, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I, I'm terrible at this job. I try to be organized. I feel like I'm decent at compromising. So trying to move forward in a modern way, but compromising with the, the historic polo cross warhorses out there. So you'd say you're progressive thinking, at least you're open to the progressive sure. thought. Okay. Mostly, I just really love this sport, and uh, it, I want it to succeed and survive uh, one way or the other. So blunt force if need be. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I've been riding since I was like six, and I have way more fun on a horse doing this than anything else. So I just want to see it successful. Okay. So the will. You have the will. You have the brains, you have the organization. Okay, I just wanted to get into a lot of the different things that are going on. So why don't we start off with you, Caitlin? There are some new members to the board, new chair positions. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> we are really happy to welcome Alex Guzman to the board this year. He is serving as a board at large member. We also have Sam Burrows. He is the new Mountain West Zone representative. So we're really excited to have him. Um, both back in the sport and, you know, serving on the board at the same time. He's uh, re-energizing the New Mexico uh, crew out west, so that's really exciting to hear. Um, and then lastly, uh, Julie Mooton, uh, not new to the board, she served as our Mountain West Zone representative uh, the last two years, uh, but she moved to Texas and is now serving as our Central Zone rep um, for, for this, the remainder of the Central Zone term, which will be this year. So very excited to have all of them um, again and new members as well. And then our committee chairs. Uh, so we actually changed uh, this year that all of our committee chairs will now be a one-year term. So in doing that, I'm just going to go ahead and list all of them. Uh, we have our membership development chair as Jennifer Carpenter. She's super enthusiastic. Um, we expect to see her at lots of trade fairs and other events promoting polo cross. 
Uh, we've got our player development program, Ryan, that's you. So uh, once again, we're excited to have you on board there. Um, World Cup is Wade Liner. Uh, again, he is a repeat serving chair, so we're excited as well to have his continued support. Uh, we've, our international liaison is Susan Hatch. She's been doing this for a number of years as well, and we're um, very pleased with her work and her continued communication with all of our other uh, associations across the world. Our ratings committee chair is Jamie Zito. Um, he's taken that on for another year. Uh, we are excited for a, a little bit of change there. Uh, we're hoping to see um, more committee support so we don't have uh, just him um, going to all of the tournaments. He's still, you'll still see him at many of the tournaments, but uh, he's recruited some help this year, so that's good news for him and for the association. Our communications chair, I'm really excited for, this is a new new person, Kylie Ferentino. So she's relatively new to the sport, but um, very enthusiastic on our social media platforms. So um, she's already got our Instagram up and running. So we have some, some movement there, of course, always on Facebook. And we have plans for YouTube and TikTok. So excited to see that. And then we have a um, somewhat new committee, but more of a continuation from last year. So last year we stood up an ad hoc horse welfare committee. Um, they did a lot of good work, or I'm sorry, two years ago. So they did a lot of good work, uh, but we realized this is something that's always going to need attention. Um, you know, horse welfare is going to be a, um, a hot topic uh, continuously. You know, the horses are, are the heart of our sport, so we need to give them the attention they deserve. So... Paul Repenning uh, is happy to serve as that committee chair um, for this year. So we'll talk more about that later because we have a lot of good work coming out of that group. Right. And I think we're both very excited for the new blood that we have in there. We have a lot of committed people working hard for the APA. There is one vacant position, though. So let's uh, why don't we announce that if anyone has any interest in taking that on? Sure. Um, so that's business development. And we are looking for um, someone who would be engaged in seeking out funds for the association, whether that's through corporate sponsorships, uh, grants, um, any form of monetary support. That is kind of what the, the goal of that position um, is for. So please let me know if you're interested in that. You know, we are looking for somebody. And that being said, all of these committees are always looking for help for committee members. So even though the chairs have been selected, there's still lots of work to be done. So if you think that you're interested in supporting in some, some other way um, to one of these groups or multiple groups even, you know, reach out to those chairs and let them know. Okay, awesome. Next uh, has a lot to do with you, Caitlin, and you had this great idea of having fieldside chats. So tell us a little bit more about that. Why did you call them fieldside chats? Oh, uh, I totally was ripping off FDR and fireside chats. Okay, and for all of you international people out there or people under the age of 50, <laughs> the fireside chats were a series of evening radio addresses given by Franklin D. Roosevelt the 32nd president of the United States between 1933 and 1944, Roosevelt spoke with familiarity to millions of Americans about recovery from the Great Depression, the promulgation of the Emergency Banking Act and the response to the banking crisis, blah, 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 blah. Caitlin created this awesome pun, and I think it's going to work out great. I, I like the name to start. That's important. I'm sure they'll be just as riveting and just as impactful and there will one day be a Wikipedia page for them. <laughs> okay. Thank you for setting the bar so high. I was hoping 
less people noticed. <laughs> the board, we do a lot of work and a lot of good work. And, you know, we, we do make decisions that ultimately affect how tournaments are, are run and hosted and make decisions on rules and et cetera. And um, so last year, and unfortunately, I had a few conversations with some people in the membership and they told me that they, they hadn't heard of some of our initiatives. And so that was really um, disappointing to me because we do put it out. You know, we did this Chuck a Talk last year and we have our e-news. And, but it, I guess, you know, I'm just looking for more ways to be accessible to our membership. You know, we are not um, in any way a, a closed organization. So I want everyone to know what we're doing and, and the why behind our decisions too, because often that is um, important to understand and it, and it can make a big difference in how people view things um, and, and, you know, the success in which something is implemented. So, um, so that being said, I was like, you know, what is a good way um, of interacting? And we're such a big country. So of course, virtually comes to mind. So I, I started to do these field side chats. I've had one, I had one right before our annual meeting, but basically it's once a month. Um, I'm trying to keep them, you know, approximately 30 minutes. Uh, the game plan is that I kind of tell uh, these club representatives, whether they're club presidents or vice presidents or just otherwise um, involved in their, their club leadership. And I kind of um, want to speak for the first part about what we're doing and just kind of pass some information along. And then uh, from there, just having an open forum for people to ask questions or, you know, bring up issues that they're having, because that's what we're here for, right, to, to address those issues and um, you know, bring them to the board. So really, uh, the first one we had was really great. Um, I put some information out there. I got some feedback, which we actually brought to that first board meeting, which was great. Um, and then the other thing that happened was this kind of natural organic conversation started, particularly in this case on tournament best practices. And just, you know, communication between these clubs was really awesome because you had people from Texas and Minnesota and Maryland all kind of asking questions and offering some little tidbits of advice. Um, so I'm hoping to continue those or I, I will continue those. I'm hoping the conversation stays uh, organic and um, constructive. Uh, last thing I'd like you to share uh, in regards to communication would be the, the new website. So this has been a sore subject. This has been a pain in the past. Membership module has been a negative word. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what's going on with the website and all the, the great improvements that have been made and uh, when it's planning on launching and when people can actually sign up for this year for membership. Yeah, so our website started years ago. You know, we're small uh, budget-wise and we kind of had some favors pulled in and we built this website that kind of built on a favor of a favor of a friend of a friend on the board. And anyway, so long story short, we've kind of moved to a more professional platform that's uh, sustainable going forward, um, particularly with a, a web design group um, that's doing a really great job. So uh, first things first, it will have a fresh new look, uh, which is exciting. I'm really pleased with how that's turning out. Um, it'll streamline some of the pages. Uh, one of the frustrating things for me is that, uh, for example, our calendar, it's on three separate pages. So whenever we go to do updates, um, I feel like I'm constantly missing something and someone's like, oh, no, it's not updated. And I'm like, I, did, I swear I just did it. But, you know, there's yet another page. Um, so kind of streamlining and consolidating so that everything is a little easier to find. And then the, the second 
huge well kind of two pieces here that's really awesome is we're going to have forms um, that are going to be one you can access them from your computer but also even your mobile device so if you're field side and you need to say submit an incident report that form will now be digital it'll be submitted and then depending on the form and the content or whatever you're submitting it will notify those people involved and then um, ping them for whatever response they need to take so an incident response at a tournament might ping our chief umpire, our maybe our horse welfare officer, you know, whoever is related to that um, incident. Um, if you're submitting maybe a Global Connect uh, application, it'll ping that administrator. So this way, everyone uh, knows what's going on real time. Uh, furthermore, those forms. Um, and all that content will be stored in a database, which is really great because uh, you know our board turns over year to year. So this will keep a historical database of um, entries throughout the year. So we'll be able to pull from it in the future. So five years from now, you know, if we want to go back and get the stats of how many people have applied to the Global Connect program, you know, if those that are working on it right now are no longer on the board, we'll still be able to do that. So that's going to be really, really tremendous um, in hopefully making us more efficient in our workload um, on the board's end. Um, and then obviously the membership will benefit from that. Uh, the third piece is the membership module, right? Uh, I cannot, I know that the membership is frustrated with it. If it makes you guys feel any better, I've been uh, equally, if not more frustrated from my end. Uh, it's incredibly cumbersome if you want to register a family um, and it, virtually impossible. And so the consequence of that is we never seem to have good counts and emails. And I'm always kind of um, calling people and our administrator, Carrie Ann, is doing the same. And on the back end, we're forcing a lot of it. So anyway, the membership module will be new. It's really cool. You'll be able to log in. You'll have a new member page. And you'll even be able to start to load in your horse profiles. So if you're going to a tournament that uses that will have a tournament registration option. So if that tournament chooses to use that, uh, they'll be able to auto-fill in all your personal information and your horse's information as well. So some cool new features. I'm trying to get us up to date with 2022, um, up to date enough too that we continue in the future seamlessly. So Awesome. So th that has definitely been worth the wait. I, I know it's been challenging, and I appreciate all the work you've done, Caitlin, because you've worked with the web, web developer. How many hours do you think you've put into setting up the org chart of how this site works? It's too many. I really like being organized, so it's kind of fun to, in my mind, to do all these flow charts of, you know, how it's structured and, and what's where. And uh, he's been really creative and doing the kind of creative artistic aspect. But hours... And it's not just me, you know, I've had people consulting and I've had some people that were very generous with offering us new photos and stuff to, to include. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to admit how, many, how much time I've spent on it. Okay. When are you hoping to launch? Hopefully in the next, within the next 14 days here. Perfect. So. Exciting. I'm sure there will be much to do and many social media posts and excitement around the launch. Right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'd like to talk a little bit about player development now. The player development program has been doing a lot of great things. Uh, we have people helping support this program. And last year, we, we were able to put together three mega clinics, one in each zone. So we're very excited to do that again this year. We have very eager hosts. 
that are very capable with great facilities that are willing to do it again. We even have one or two new facilities that are willing to help. So look forward to the mega clinic dates. Try to take part in those as best you can. That's a great service that we offer for our membership using our certified coaches. So take advantage of those mega clinics. The second thing is the coaching accreditation program. Uh, we have certified several coaches over the last couple of years, created a level one certification. We have about 20 members now on the APA website on a directory that are our APA certified level one coaches. So we're very grateful to have them uh, be active, put in the time to apply and, and become certified. So the next level of this program is going to require training and developing those level one coaches, as well as taking them to level two. And so uh, that's really what the program needs. And so Susan Hatch has stepped up to become our new chief coach. We're very excited about her ideas and her energy. So look for things to come there. I feel like when it comes to player development, umpiring is a very important thing, but also coaching and developing players is super important. That really helps keep players in the sport. And the more they grow, the more interested they'll be in playing the sport. So look for more to come there on the coaching accreditation program. If you're out there and you just haven't been, become certified yet, please let us know and we'll help you through that process. Susan Hatch has been our international liaison, as Caitlin mentioned. And so uh, she's been working hard talking to all the different countries about what they're looking for. And because traveling abroad might be a little bit tough this year with the restrictions over there in other countries, we are looking at, at this time to do a couple of junior inbounds. And uh, the other thing is, is we're also wanting to promote our Global Connect program. This is what we created last year, where if an American player is interested in traveling abroad, they can fill out a form online. It'll let Kate Lar know, the, the administrator for that, and she can work with Susan to connect that APA player to an international country to find them a suitable host. Also, if you would like to host an international player or your club would like to host a team, there's also a form for that. That will then reach out to other countries to find people that would want to come over. And uh, you'd be surprised at how many people would love to come to the States, have a good time, play some polo cross. I just think that, is, that we really need to take advantage of those opportunities. We're always going to be working on those full team inbound, outbounds. Uh, but just remember that that Global Connect program is available to you on the APA website. There is a button you can click, you can apply, and we will help you connect you to other players around the world. You know, as a longtime player, I mean, over 30 years, I can tell you that my international experiences have been really the highlights of my polo cross career. Hanging out in a sheep shed in Australia, you know, being at Victoria Falls in, in Zambia, I mean, all these international experience. I was 15 and I was on a, a junior tour over to the UK and just so many fond memories. So if you're out there, if you want to get involved with international experiences, which is really a huge part of what polo cross does offer, it's very unique to many other sports that you can, that you can have that international experience. Why don't you host someone this year and then next year they'll host you. They'll invite you back to their country and just start those personal exchanges. That's kind of what's going on in player development. We've got the mega clinics, the coaching accreditation program, and then we're hard at work trying to make international opportunities available for you 
as our membership. If you're out there and you're from another country listening to this podcast, you know, let us know that, that you're interested in hosting because we would love to be able to put out a post that uh, someone's looking for a junior or an adult or someone to come over and spend some time over there with you. We'll send you the best of the best. So just let us know. Other than that, that's what's going on with player development. The next thing I'd like to talk about is our umpiring program. And I'll let Caitlin get started on uh, what's going on with that. Okay, so we've heard from the membership that our umpiring here is one of the things that they feel needs the most uh, development and attention. So uh, in order to address that, we have tasked our umpire, uh, our chief umpire, which is Raul Desai, just um, as a side note. So we're pleased to have him on board for another year. We've tasked him and his uh, committee uh, or panel with two things. Uh, The first is to increase umpire education. So much the same way that a player practices to become a better player on the field, you know, umpires need to practice to become better at umpiring. Um, You know, just because you can play at a certain level doesn't innately mean that you can um, umpire. We've tasked him with umpire development. And to kind of fill that role, we're very fortunate to have Daniel Johnson um, kind of work his magic. So he's always been incredibly enthusiastic about the education side of umpiring. He's really happy to talk about the the techniques, the, the technicalities of it, all of the details. So uh, we'll be looking forward to Daniel kind of heading that up. Um, I hope that we'll be able to have him at all of our mega clinics to do an umpiring portion that was really helpful in the past. So hopefully we'll see that again, but we're also looking for him to kind of work on those video. Like he had started a video series, um, I guess two years ago um, when he was uh, the chief umpire. So continuing those and otherwise just, um, providing you know feedback and, and opportunities to learn. I know that he is traveling out to the East Coast in Maryland to do a clinic for umpiring for the Bay Area Club. So um, you know if anyone is interested in a focused uh, clinic with him, um, either he can help you out or find another umpire to, to fill that role for a specific you know boots on the ground type clinic. But uh, nonetheless, so education being the first um, aspect, the second being an umpire certification program. So the idea here is that you, um, as a player or as a member, will have a program that's laid out for you in which you can um, reach certain milestones that kind of attest to your capabilities. Obviously, umpiring at certain grade levels, but moving up and being able to be a tournament umpire, perhaps uh, even achieving international umpire um, uh, capabilities, etc. So. Um, It's a tiered process. They're still working out a lot of the details on how they're going to, um, you know, the find out nuances on what qualifies you here and exactly what kind of um, tasks that you'll need to complete in order to become certified at the different levels. So they are working on that. I've been in communication with Raul, and I know Ryan has too. Uh, They're definitely working through it um, actively. So, you know, it's not quite ready for publication yet, but we should see that very soon. And I'm hoping that the membership sees this as a really good uh, opportunity to increase their skills. And I'd like to add here that, you know, umpiring isn't always fun, right? You're the person on the field that tells everyone, no, you're not doing it right. And it can be 
tough, a tough job, but it really is a phenomenal way to give back to the sport because we practice and when we walk on that field, we want a fair opportunity to to score points and, and win the game. And if you have a poor umpire that is allowing a team to just kind of roll over the rules and, and, and get away with things, you, you walk away really soured. So learning to be a good umpire and exercising those skills on the field so that it's a fair game played or as fair as possible. I mean, that's a tremendous give back that you can do. So I encourage everyone to to take the time to, you know, really learn the rule book. It helps you as a player. I can tell you that right now. The more I learn um, as an umpire, the better a player I become too. You just think about the the different moves and, and positioning on the field from a different perspective. So it just really helps your overall knowledge anyway. So that's my PSA to everyone out there. You know, when we did a survey a number of years ago, and that's one of the number one reasons people leave the sport is unfair or poor umpiring. So it's important, very, very important. I'll speak to the history of it. We used to have an umpire certification program, and I'll say back in the day, and it was very successful. A lot of people were very active. They have their own prestigious APA umpire jerseys that said that they were certified. It's very honorable to be a part of that program. And so to be clear, we're, we're really just bringing that back, something that existed before. But it's not that we don't have great umpires now. We do. But what we'd like to do is to take that that level up a notch, add more professionalism, and then have a system for those that say, that put their hand up and say, hey, I'd like to become a good umpire because they're out there. Just give them a system to, to go through to become that level one, level two, level three, and beyond. And so that's what we are putting together. So look out for in the next couple of months, hopefully a, an application on the APA website to get involved with the program. You know, you might be invited to go straight to level two or something like that, level one, level two. So, and another part of it is the certified umpires will then be mentoring the lower level umpires. So you might be able to be a shadow on the field with a certified umpire. So there's a lot of great mentoring opportunities there as well. I just think that's a huge thing. That's one of the most important things that the APA is doing this year. And we're going to make sure we follow through and make that a successful initiative. Uh, Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that topic, Caitlin. Moving along, we're just about done here. The last major thing we want to talk about is horse welfare. We are coining the phrase year of the horse because we, uh, we as the APA want to do as much as we can for horse welfare. So we're just going to talk through a, a few things from several discussions that we've had as a committee. And I'll just start with the first one. We're trying to know the impact of the sport on our horses. We need to start tracking better the what happens at tournaments. And there's incident reports and, you know, really trying to figure out how many of our horses are being vetted out at a tournament. And quite often here in the States, horses might be overexerted from the heat, the distance traveled. You know, in some cases, they're just not uh, fit enough. Uh, so they're vetted out of games. And it could just a typical injury that happens. Uh, but we're going to do a better job of tracking that information. And so really looking at a percentage of horses vetted out at each tournament. So if there's 100 horses at the tournament and 10 of them were vetted out, that's a 10% vet out rate. And so we're going to do it the best we can this year to make sure that our tournament committees, our tournament umpires, that uh, we properly gather that information so we have quantifiable numbers. And then next year, we can actually track our progress. So that's one way as far as 
getting information to know how the sport is affecting our horses. Uh, the next thing is educating you, the, the APA population, about best practices for horse welfare. Uh, number one, uh, there are body conditioning scores out there. The U.S. Polo Association has created one. And so we're going to try to make that available to you. And just briefly, what it does is it has a one through nine. And one might be super emaciated, skinny horse. Ten might be way overweight. And so the optimal level is that four to five, four to six range. And so it explains what a horse looks like that is in that optimal range. That's just part of the equation. So we're going to be educating you using some of the veterinarian members of the association, Paul Repenning, Zach Halbert. Uh, Zach's going to share some conditioning uh, information, some regimes, uh, sort of best practices on getting your horses prepped for, for the game. Education, we think, is going to be really important that we're going to be able to provide for you as a membership from the Horse Welfare Committee. Also, along those lines would be just giving that horse welfare officer just more tools in their toolkit. Have that body conditioning score sheet in their toolkit and to understand respiration and, and you know, what's when is a horse being overexerted to be able to spot those things. And along those lines, well, Caitlin, why don't you talk about the emergency plan that that we've created uh it's still kind of in work so there's two well there will be two okay let me back up so we have a human one right we have our emergency response plan which is for humans should someone fall off it's all of the details that you would need to know to get an ambulance or you know god forbid you have to call in a helicopter but essentially uh knowing what your options are right so you've pre-thought it out it's on paper it's at the field side table um, that way, should something arise, you've got someone dedicated to be a coordinator. You've got all the right pieces ready to roll um, so that, you know, emergency mode takes over and you're, you are prepared. And so at our board meeting this year, uh, we were like, well, hey, we should probably have this for horses too. And so it is being drafted. I actually, uh, on my computer right now, I have the draft opened up. Same premise. Are you going to have a vet on site? If you can't have one on site, do you have a vet that is on call and knows that this event is happening? Uh, what is the timeline that we can expect a response from them? If a horse needs to be hauled out for attention, you know, what is the nearest facility that's willing to take drive-ins? Just kind of all of the details that I think a lot of us have thought about, but really taking the time to kind of put it on paper and Ideally, you don't need to use it, but by kind of forcing you to pre-think it out before the tournament happens, you're prepared and ready to go. So we've got the human one ready to go already in use last year, and then the horse one will be um, enacted here. Hopefully, we can get it approved at this week's board meeting so that all the tournaments this season will be able to use it. The last topic that really gets heated, and it's it's been discussed a lot, at least on the podcast and around the campfire, uh, is tournament formats. We as the APA, we're going to encourage a, a, a format, a new format called, what we like to call three plus one. So let me just give you a little background here. Here in the States, we travel really far to tournaments. A lot of times there's a lot of heat in the summer. There's overexhaustion. And what we've found is that there's been a lot of vet outs on Sunday afternoons where teams are forfeiting their games, concern for their horse, injuries to their horse. And so, And we know that this sport is very hard on horses. And so what we're going to encourage is something called 3 plus 1, where there are two games on Saturday and then a, a third game on Sunday morning that counts, sort of fresh leg finals, where those those final games that really count are Sunday morning. You're really just getting the freshest legs 
for those games. Uh, alternatively, if, if that wasn't the, the case, uh, traditionally there are games uh, Sunday morning, final would be in the afternoon. Some players that are already in the final might be able to go light on their horses, but the ones that are really fighting to be in that final might go a little harder. And so what en ends up happening is just a lot of vet outs and things like that have been happening Sunday afternoon. So if we can have fresh leg finals, so three games that count at a tournament, and then have a last game after after awards in the afternoon that you'll be able to still have that fourth game, but it'll be you'll be able to mix in with other players, you'll be able to use whatever horse you'd like, bring in that green horse, have some green horse chuckas, things like that. Alternatively, I, I know people that uh, after that third game Sunday morning, they want to get out of there and start driving home. These are blue collar professionals that need to work on Mondays. And so uh, some people might opt for that. Some people might say, oh, this three games is great. Uh, my horse has had enough and I'm going to head home. And so I know there will be pushback. Uh, people, they will say, I, I drive so far and I want to play those four games that, you know, all four games as we've always done. I just think we need to think of it from a new perspective, try to figure out, you know, how are we doing the best for our horse flesh out there? Are we being the fairest that we can to them, knowing how far we travel and knowing how hard we play uh, as a sport? Caitlin, what thoughts do you have on it? I'll open it up to you if you have any final thoughts about the three plus one format. I'm just going to speak purely personally, I, I think it's great. I think being able to have the benefit for your horses, I know that no matter how fit my horse is, Sunday afternoon, they're tired. And I agree, you know, that's where injuries happen when fatigue is present. So that is first and foremost, the most important. But yeah, being able to hit the road and arrive, you know, it's still going to be a late night. It's, you're still going to be exhausted from the weekend. But you know, arriving home four, five, six hours sooner than if you had to have a, a three or four o'clock game on Sunday, that's a world of difference. Me personally, I've had to take off Mondays to, to travel back safely. And now I'll be able to, to get home and get to work. And I think this is going to have a ripple effect because it's, it's easier for me to, to utilize that weekend for polo cross. It's easier on the tournament organizers to conduct that weekend because that's a, a lot alleviated um, off their, their backs for, for organizing. And so my selfish thought on the side here is that it might actually lend towards uh, clubs having maybe two tournaments this season. You know, that's another thing. You know, we're trying to grow the sport, and it's tough to attract local players when you only have one or two truly local events that they can attend and, you know, they don't necessarily want to get invested in a whole nother discipline if they, you know, have to travel so far. Because traveling is, and that's another thing, the travel is stressful on your horses. So, and it's costly. So, anyway, I, I think that there's going to be a domino effect from this. I think it's it's great. I, I'm really hoping that some uh, clubs choose to go this route. And I think we've talked about doing some surveys afterwards to get some feedback from the membership and see how, how they feel. But I, I would love if people would give it a chance. And really, I know that it's different from how we've done it. You know, things change and change isn't always bad. It can be really positive. So I, I'm all for it. Right. And we already have Charlie Horse having a, yep. a three-game tournament. I think Bay, Bay Area has committed to it loosely. Uh, Paul, you'll have to follow up with your club. But you did say that you would try to get it, that format for that tournament. I just think we're not demanding it. We're not creating a rule that says it has to be done. But we're just encouraging clubs to try something different. And hopefully you as a club will do so. 
And, and for everyone else, you know, I'd just like you to consider this format as opposed to what we've always done and maybe use that plus one game in sun, on Sunday afternoon as an opportunity to develop your horse, play a different horse and mix up with other players. So just try to make that a fun time. So those are all the great things that are happening with, with horse welfare. It's very exciting what we're doing. And just sort of a recap, we're trying to, number one, track better the vetting outs that are happening at our tournaments so that we have a baseline to work off of to make sure that we are doing things to improve our sport. Uh, next thing is going to be a lot of education about conditioning, what a fit horse looks like, what unfit horses look like, and then some sort of conditioning regimes to make sure that you can understand what it really takes to get a horse fit. Uh, also, you can listen to my last podcast with Jane Marriott talking about horse prep, which I thought was tremendous. Uh, she has a wealth of knowledge on prepping horses. And then the next thing is we're creating this emergency action plan so that if something does happen, our tournaments will be more pre- better prepared for that. And then finally, just encouraging this three plus one format. So we are hard at work at this. If you have any ideas, if you have any feedback, please let the APA know. Yeah, you, you forgot the best best one. We have a, So we have a new award and I'm really excited. Um, this was not my idea alone. Uh, it came out of, a, I mean, we were sitting in the lobby of the hotel before our board meeting started and kind of tossed this idea about. And we officially, as of today, have two tournaments that will be um, awarding a best conditioned horse. At Charlie Horse, it'll be the first time. And then it'll be uh, at Grand Bay as well. And I'm going to be following up with the subsequent tournaments as well. So hopefully we can have it there. But it's going to be sponsored by the APA. Anyone can enter any grade level. Uh, Your horse will be judged on four different criteria. The first uh, will be a jog and a body score. So you'll get a a score for soundness and a score for your your body condition, your horse's body condition. And so that'll be done before play. And then um, on Saturday, for your first two games of the tournament, you will, um, at the conclusion of the game, you will go to a vet box and we'll have volunteers there who will check the pulse and respiration recovery rate of your horse. Those two, uh, you'll get a score for each of those recovery rates as well. And all four of those will be combined. Um, They're going to be weighted. So uh, we'll be putting all the details out there so you can kind of really understand the math that's going to go behind it. I am so pleased that we'll be doing this. It's entirely voluntary. So if you'd like to participate, you can. Um, if you want to participate because you think your horse is competitive enough to win, um, you've got them super fit, that's awesome. If you don't think your horse is super fit and probably won't win, you can still participate. I think it's a phenomenal learning experience for you to kind of get feedback on how your horse is recovering at an actual tournament. So please, please uh, you know, consider participating. I'm also really excited since the last time we talked, Ryan, uh, I've gotten um, some confirmation of some sponsors for this. So uh, I got some pretty cool prizes and I think I've got enough sponsorships as well to do. Um, anyone that participates will get a little participation goodie bag. So some some healthy conditioning type treats. That is it for all of all of our notes going on with the APA, all the announcements, very exciting, all the different committees that are working hard. And since we are the American Polo Cross Association, Caitlin and I will be singing the Star Spangled Banner. And for you international players, it's our national anthem, the Star Spangled Banner. I've had the wonderful opportunity as an international player to sing it on, on my horse right before a big game. It's been an honor for me to sing it. I try to sing it loudly and proudly. I am not a great singer. 
I was in the choir in elementary school and high school, but they don't kick you out of the choir unless you're bad. They don't kick you out for having, you know, for having lowered your voice and become a man and you don't, you can't sing anymore. That's my story. Uh, Caitlin, have you ever been able to sing the Star Spangled Banner with polo cross? I rode a horse at nationals with the flag and that was very, I felt incredibly patriotic in that moment. It's my profile picture. That's how great I felt about it. Uh, did I sing while that was happening? No, sure didn't. In my head, <laughs> not a good singer, but here we go. This will be disappointing to many ears. <laughs> Enough delay. Let's sing the, the uh, Star Spangled Banner and then we'll be done. Okay, three, two, one. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rockets regular <laughs> above bursting in air gave crews through the night that our flag was still there Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave. O'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Brave. Good job. <clears throat> how that? How do you think that went? I mean, it went. <laughs> you did a great job. I no. Not I mean, it's <laughs> like I said. It's like karaoke. All you international players out there, if you want to sing your your national anthem, I will be happy to post it on the podcast. Again, it's not about being good. It's about putting the effort in, putting your heart out there, caring for your country. We're very patriotic here uh, in America. Uh, so, all right, that's a good way to end the podcast. Thank you, Caitlin, for your time. Thank you for all your service to the APA. Thank you for all the board members and committee members that have really been investing all the time. It's Caitlin's job to make sure that everyone follows through. So she'll be whipping people into shape this whole year. If you have questions, concerns, make sure you reach out to us. If you're a, a APA president, get on a field side chat, listen to the updates. Uh, there's a chance for you to speak and have your input. Talk to your zone reps if you have any concerns as well. I appreciate everyone listening. That's it for today. That's it for the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. All right, Caitlin. Yep, have a good night. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed listening to all the great things happening in the APA. And I encourage your feedback on any topic to let us know what you think. You can record on my website, 
and I'll be happy to share on the next podcast. Are you a Polo Cross related business? Chucka Talk has a truly global audience. To learn more about advertising here, email me at ryan at polocrossmadesimple.com. Space is limited. Here on Chucka Talk, we appreciate your feedback. Have you enjoyed the show? Do you have questions or comments? Please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. For a chance to be featured on the show, leave a voicemail by finding the send voicemail sidebar button on polacrossmadesimple.com. For more Polacross coaching, go to polacrossmadesimple.com. You'll find ebooks on how to become a great player and even on how to become a great coach. Find me on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a good one.